Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. What is the most expensive thing in the world? And what is the most valuable thing? What is the most precious thing to you? There is a difference, you know, and please join us as Mr. Marvin Dirksen discusses the answers to each of these questions. The book of Romans tonight in chapter 5. Three very important verses, three tremendous truths. And I trust that God will use his word in, in power tonight. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man, that would be Adam, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. There's a lot of information in that verse, isn't there? takes us right back to the commencement of time, to the garden, to our first parents, to the first sin, and then the devastating results, death by sin. And so it spread, so death passed upon all men. And here's the reason for that all have sinned. That's where we have to start. Now back to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. And the question of the Lord Jesus, to me, it's one of the Greatest questions of the Bible, Mark chapter 8 and verse number 36. For what shall it profit a man, what shall it profit a person, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Interesting that the Bible doesn't answer that in the context, does it? Just ask the question, what shall it profit a person if he shall gain the entire world, and you can put anything you want into that equation, the entire world, and lose his own soul. One final reading, almost at the end of our Bible, 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So where we start is where we end, the problem of our sin. But here's a, an amazing, wonderful remedy. The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. What an amazing remedy. What a tremendous relief. And if you could just understand the truth of that verse, you could leave this audience tonight in this auditorium cleansed of all your sin. What a relief that would be, wouldn't it? To have your record cleared, no sense of fear now, future settled, sin cleansed away, and it's all, it's all and only through the precious blood of Christ. We have read three verses tonight, and to me they bring us to the superlative of realities, the greatest of realities. We have read, first of all, the most expensive thing in this world. Now, I'm not going to hesitate to say that. Uh, there's an awful lot of price tags around. 
and a lot of it very expensive things that you can buy, but we have read of the most expensive thing in this world. We have read of the most valuable thing in the world. A little different, most expensive, most valuable thing in this world. And then we have read of the most precious thing in this world. Now you might say, well, those sound all kind of hinged together. They all seem to be related. Well, uh, that, that is true. The most expensive, the most valuable, and the most precious. And tonight, that is exactly why we're thankful that you're here, because we are dealing with the greatest realities. There are issues in our life that have tremendous importance, and we have to address them. Sometimes they alter our life. They certainly alter our schedule. They alter our, our mindset. But in the midst of all of these temporal issues, these are the greatest issues. If I were to ask you, what is the most expensive thing in this world? What would your answer be? Uh, there was an auction that was advertised, and it was going to be in Sotheby's, the auction house in Hong Kong. One of the things that was going to be auctioned was a, a diamond, and it was a 72.22 carat diamond, pear-shaped, the size of a teaspoon, just one of a kind. It was called D-color, which simply meant it was colorless and it was crystal clear. It was auctioned off, and the price tag? They were expecting to get between 10 and $14 million. I don't think anybody was over to Hong Kong for that auction. But expensive, expensive. I was telling you the other night that Mr. Bill Gates' house has been appraised at $159 million. Now that is a little more than houses in this area. Expensive. There are cars that go for a million dollars. Expensive. But all of those things, with a price tag, with dollar signs or pound signs or whatever, they pale in view of what we have read tonight, the most expensive thing in this world. You know what it is? It's sin. Sin. S-I-N. Now, I, I know we don't look at sin like that. And I'm not going to put a dollar sign on this because I can't even begin to calculate it. But when I think of the tremendous reality of not just the sin of this world, but our sin, my sin, your sin, we fail to understand the tremendous expense, the tremendous cost that sin has brought. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, we, we have read about the entrance of sin into this world. There are individuals tonight that they say, well, now, if there is a God, if there is a God, why is this world in such a mess? After all, if he's the Almighty, he should be able to rearrange things. Well, could I, could I remind you tonight that this world was not made like it is tonight? This world was made by the very hand of God with a tremendous purpose, and it was made in perfection. There was no sin there. There was no aging process. There was no decay. There was nothing that was of a detrimental nature. The fruit didn't rot. It was there in absolute perfection. And as God saw all that he made, he said, it's good. It's good. It's good. And everything he made was, was perfect. And God made that to reflect his character, his person. He is a God of goodness. He is a God of perfection. He's a God of beauty. He's a God with an amazing purpose. And yes, there was a moment when he actually fashioned man out of the dust of the ground. I would suggest it was like the clay. 
And the Bible says God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And he was good. And from that moment on, how long? I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't tell us. But there was a period of time when God and man walked in absolute harmony. Man enjoyed the presence of the Creator. Must have been an amazing time to be able to walk with the Creator in the garden and have him explain all the features. Almost like having a, a science class, only with the, with the very one who'd made it. Was able to point at the stars. Was able to describe the sunset. And on and on it went. A perfect relationship. No fear, no death, no discord. We can't even imagine that kind of a world, can we? But we have read, and you can go right back to Genesis chapter 3. One of the most tragic days in the history of this world when sin came in. I would suggest and I would encourage you to read Genesis chapter 3 because, friend, that's where the problem started. And it wasn't that God had kind of leaned man in that direction. It wasn't that he kind of crippled their legs so they couldn't walk straight. No, no. God had made man absolutely perfect. Yes, with a will to choose God and with a mind that could know God and with a heart and affection that could love God and respond to God. But our first parents tragically listened to a lie, listened to the lie of the enemy. Eve was deceived, but Adam made a conscious choice. He had to choose between siding with his wife or siding with the God that had made him. And he says, I'm going to side with my wife and take the consequences. And knowingly, he chose sin, chose disobedience. And the moment our first parents sinned, there was a tremendous gulf that opened up. For the first time in their existence, fear shot through their, their very soul. For the first time in their existence, they realized we are exposed, we are naked. The covering of light no doubt had fled. And the devastating results of sin began to exercise themselves upon our first parents. But the Bible says, for as by one man sin entered into the world. Not just the entrance, but the expansiveness of sin and death by sin. Yes, the death process started at that point. They began to age. They began to head for a, for a finish line, as we're all heading for a finish line tonight. It's the result of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Why are people dying? Why are we terminal travelers? Because sin has touched every one of our lives. But friend, it's not just physical death. The moment our first parents sinned, they were separated from God as if the line had gone dead, and it had gone dead. The God that was near was now far off in their understanding and their experience. We find that one man's sin has led to a, a harvest of sin. I think if we're honest, we have to acknowledge, even our own experience, that one sin leads to other sins. Ever told a lie? Oh, everybody's told a lie. And then someone questions you about that thing, and, and you've already told a lie, so now you have to tell another lie to cover up that one, and then you have to kind of exaggerate the story, and you have to kind of paint it in a different light. And by the time you're finished, you've got about 10 lies based on that one lie. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive, is what the poet said. And tonight, we have to face the fact that our sin, our sin has expanded in our lives. I can't begin to describe the, the devastation that sin has brought into this world. What started in the garden the first marital discord. Adam pointed to his wife. He said, the woman you gave me. He's pointing to God. But he said, the woman you gave me. 
And Eve, of course, began to point to the enemy, and it wasn't my fault, it was their fault. And, and that's exactly what happens, isn't it? We keep pointing the finger at everybody else. But the first marital discord that occurred in the garden has reaped a, a, a sad harvest. And we find that couples split up just because they don't get what they want. And we're living with the results, the tragic results. We find that we're living in a world of violence. I can't begin to describe what, what this world is like. You can understand it from the media. This is a sad world, a world of violence, a world of, of darkness, a world of unhappiness, a world of emptiness. Sin has expanded in all of our experiences. We find that sin has brought a tremendous expanse. Have you ever thought what this world would be like if there was no sin? There'd be no armies. There'd be no hospitals, no sickness. There'd be no undertakers. Our governments would be able to balance their books overnight, but it's there, isn't it? And the tragic thing is, is that our sin, our sin, we are accountable for it. And there are the wages that sin will pay. The wages of sin is death. The most expensive thing in this world is our sin. And I trust tonight there might be somebody here and you would, you would honestly, personally face your sin. Isaiah chapter 59 tells us that the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. That's not the problem. His ear is not heavy. It's not dull of hearing, that he cannot hear. God has sharp hearing. God can hear the faintest whisper. God knows the intents of our heart. It's not a hearing problem. But Isaiah writes, your sin, your uncleanness, your iniquity have separated between you and your God. And that's where we have to start. My sin. And when an individual faces their sin, my sin, not somebody else's, my sin, they will long to have that sin forgiven. Could I ask you tonight personally, are your sins forgiven? All the charges cleared? Or are you still accountable and still responsible for your sins? We've read, secondly, about the most valuable thing in this world. I couldn't help but think of the hymn we sang, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. But did you notice the, the fourth verse? When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. You say, what is that all about? 10,000 years? Is that just kind of poetic license? No, friend. Well, that was written by John Newton and many, many years ago. But the man was spot on. Right on, the, right on the money. When we've been there 10,000 years, do you mean that we have an existence beyond this life? Yes, yes. And that's what makes the gospel message so solemn, so serious. We are in a time of preparation for the next existence. We are in a time of preparation for what the Bible calls eternity. And when this passing life is done, when we have run our course, every single one of us will take a final step from time into eternity. And I can't begin to describe or to define what eternity is like. And that's why I, I trust every individual here, whether it's in the front row or the back row, this side or that side, every one of us will face the fact that the most valuable thing in our possession is not our house and not our bank account or, or, or not our car or our cottage or whatever. The most valuable thing in this world is our soul soul.
That's why Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know what the problem is tonight? You're not putting the right value in your soul. Like my car that I sold a couple years ago. I had an old Corolla, and it served me well, but it was one of these bare-bones models. No air conditioning. Brought it from the East Coast. It had a lot of, a lot of kilometers, but it was running well. Didn't use too much oil. <laughs> bare-bones. And I thought, you know, if I only get X number of dollars, it should be all right. So I advertised it. Seven o'clock in the morning, zing, the phone goes. Do you have a Corolla for sale? Yes, I got a Corolla for sale. Where is it? Told him. He says, I'll be right up. Drove from Toronto to look at my bare bones Corolla. And he said, your price? Yeah, that's the price. He said, I'll give you $100 less. And I thought, hey, he's offering me cash. Take it. So I took it. You know what the problem was? Over the course of that day, I received, I don't know how many calls. And when I finally checked the book, the book value, I sold it for about $1,000 too cheap. Didn't know the value. Now, that's just a car. Big deal. But you know what some in this audience is doing? You don't know the value of your soul. You don't know the book value. You're weighing it up with your own estimation. You're weighing it up in view of, of time and life. And yet the Lord Jesus said, what will it profit an individual if he gain everything in this life? And he loses his own soul. But tonight, God has made every one of us living souls for his pleasure, for his glory, to enjoy him, to know him, to be with him and like him for all eternity. And that's why I'm so glad that 37 years ago, as a young university student, I understood, and this was a verse that bothered me. This was a verse that was like an arrow to my, to my very soul, to my very being. Marvin, if you gain everything in life, and you get every dream accomplished, and you get every degree that Western can give you, and you make all kinds of money, and in the long run, what will it profit you if you gain everything in this life, and in the end, you lose your own soul? What will it profit you 50 years from now if you become the CEO of the greatest company here and you step into eternity with no Savior? Tragically, men live as if they'll never die, and then they die as if they had never lived. They see no value in their soul. So glad I can tell you as I sit down, the most precious thing in this world. Not a pear-shaped diamond. John said, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And Peter writes, we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. You see, our problem is our sin, isn't it? Our problem concerns the matter of our soul's destiny. And yet the message of the gospel is this. There is a remedy. It cost God everything. It came from heaven. It involved the giving of his son. Jesus Christ is not just an historical figure, a great teacher. No, friend. He came to be the Savior. He came to be the sin bearer. He came to be the judgment taker. He came to be the mediator, the bridge. He came to bring God and man back together again. Oh, but there was a cost. It wasn't just a matter of saying a few words. It wasn't a matter just of, of living a good example. No. My friend, our sin demanded that a price be paid. The debt of our sin had to be settled. And God says, without the shedding of blood, there's no, there's no putting away of sin. There must be a death. And there upon a cross, willingly, the Lord Jesus laid down his life and shed his precious blood. Why? To put away sin. To bring cleansing 
And tonight, the most precious thing in this world is the precious blood of Christ. It has been shed. It has been given. And its power is still the same tonight. It is able to cleanse your record, cleanse you of all sin. You could walk out cleansed. You could walk out redeemed. You could walk out of this auditorium, part of the family of God. You could walk out of this meeting knowing that you're going to be in heaven because of what you, no, not because of what you do, because of the price that was paid in precious blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's why, friend, you need to weigh up your values tonight and you need to move to Christ personally. Yes, it's absolutely right. The Bible says that the most precious thing in the entire world is the precious blood of Christ. It's precious because of who he is and because it was the payment for the most expensive commodity in the entire world, our sin. And the value of the soul? Well, the word of God doesn't even attempt to give an answer. The Lord Jesus just summed it up by saying that the total of everything this world has to offer just doesn't compare with the worth of a soul. These are extremely important truths to consider, and we hope that today's message helped you to think about them and to apply them personally to your lives. Have you considered how valuable your soul is? Have you faced your sin and trusted in the precious blood of Christ to cleanse you and to fit you for an eternity in heaven? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and the very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.